I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked down in the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member of MavsMoneyball.com, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, writer Mavs.com, safe inside from the snow. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? You know, this was, I guess it's the, the only time that I've ever walked out of the American Airlines Center to snow. To, like, not snow on the ground, obviously. That's a... It wasn't like Narnia, yeah, but <laughs> it was like like Dad, flurry just be on the lamppost. <laughs> the man with the saxophone. <laughs> there, there actually like flurries coming down, and it was sleeting, and it was cold. Like I, I'm like, this is. I love the snow, so I, I'm all I'm all about it. But it's definitely it, snowed before after leaving a game. I just can't remember when. If it was last year, or the year before, I can't remember. I feel like it hadn't snowed forever, but it was a. Uh, it was a bow on an incredible night for the Dallas Mavericks and Dennis Smith Jr. That incredible is one way to put it. Uh, really freaking weird is another way to put it. <laughs> that's the that's way I yes, think that's another route. And that's another route we can go. Yeah, that's into. definitely the route I'm going to take on this. Uh, obviously, today we're going to be talking about Dallas's 106 to 98 win over the Clippers, who are just falling like free falling out of nowhere without Danilo Gallinari. We'll talk about that game for sure. We have audio straight from Dennis Smith Jr.'s mouth right to your ears. Uh, he had a very interesting answer to McMahon's question about his absence. We also have a quote from Luca. We don't have audio from that, but we have a quote from Luca about Dennis's absence. And then we have just some more stuff about um, the Mavericks and their offense and this whole thing. And uh, before we get to that, let's start with the uh, the biggest news probably of the day. Uh, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. I never call him Wojnowski. It's always Woj, right? Just just say Woj and be safe. Yeah, you can't say Wojnowski. Wojnowski? I think if, I feel like there's an extra syllable in there that I'm missing. Wojnowski? <laughs> you never say it out loud. Mike, Mike Mikowski? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski. He reported today that the uh, Memphis Grizzlies are finally, for the first time, listening to trade talks for Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley. And he was very specific in the wording that he picked, saying that for the first time that they are listening to trade offers. Because for forever, Chris Wallace and the Grizzlies were not listening to trade talks. You remember the whole thing. I reference this all the time because I just thought it was so wild that they decided to keep Marcus and then fire their coach because Marcus and and David Fisdale didn't get along. And so they just completely picked Marcus over uh, David Fisdale. And and then, you know, they haven't listened to any kind of talk from Mike Conley. They gave him that huge contract, which made him the highest paid player at one point in the NBA, which is just wild. Uh, I think it only lasted for a week or so, but it's, it's a wild week at that point. And uh, so now, now they're listening to trade demands. We'll get into this a lot more uh, in, in the coming pods closer to the trade deadline. But Isaac, what was your initial thoughts about this whole Memphis thing? Yeah, it was interesting. I think it was the Athletic the other day reported that they had a, a sit down meeting with um, their owner. Yeah, and it was kind of like a heart to heart and where they're at and uh, talking about a team free falling. Uh, Memphis is probably free falling more than the Clippers right now. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It was, you know, the tweet came out, and uh, I know I told Nick a little bit, uh, a little bit ago, but um, a dominating conversation within media people at tonight's game was would Dallas ever would Dallas pursue Mike Conley over the next week or so and just what that would look like and uh, just among many people what I mean would we that all look like Isaac <laughs> well we all talk we all talk uh we all talk about a bunch of different things but uh yeah it was just a a, a conversation and and yeah, we'll we'll see. It just depends on what direction Dallas wants to go. And but yeah, we'll we'll talk a lot about more about that over the next day or so. Definitely. The other news coming out was that Luka Doncic was fined ten thousand dollars for kicking that basketball into the stands. And just, okay, just one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. He's probably spent ten thousand dollars on V bucks on Fortnite. <laughs> how much does how much how many V bucks does ten thousand actually get you? I think it's isn't it like a thousand for ten dollars. Oh gosh, I don't even know. How many skins can you get for that? That's a lot. Of I haven't skins. played in forever. It's a lot of skins, man, that you can get from that. <laughs> uh, so that was the other news. Um, but let's get to this game. So Dallas wins. Obviously, they win the last three quarters. They looked really rough coming out of the gate, though. Just their offense was completely all over the place, and you would never guess that this was the you know fifth or sixth most played lineup in the NBA. <laughs> Just looking at this lineup of DeAndre, Harrison Barnes, Wes Matthews, Luca, and Dennis. It's just wild that if that if that lineup misses any time at all, they come back and it's like they've never played together before. Yeah, I mean, kind of leading up to it, it was obviously the the return. I almost tweeted out this picture of Eddie Sefko. Um, Shout out insane. to Eddie Sefko. Welcome back, Eddie. Welcome back. Uh, but I almost tweeted out this picture of Eddie and said, everybody's here tonight for the return. He is back. It's Eddie Sefko and not Dennis Virginia. But <laughs> everybody was building, you know, it was building up for Dennis. And Dennis, when he ran out to do his uh, pregame routine, the, you know, the small crowd of people that was, you know, was there early, the autograph people were all hollering for him and stuff. And, um, when his name his name was announced first in the starting lineups, when his name was announced, I mean it was a thunderous applause. Like it was louder than normal. I felt like, and so the crowd was excited for him to be back. It was weird seeing him on the court, even though I mean he hadn't been on the court for two weeks, and the fact that he went went straight into a game and all this stuff, I'm like, well, okay, no practice, anything. But Carlisle talked about it after the game. He's been working out recently, you know, in the past few days. And despite being sick, he's been still working out and, and uh, in good shape. And so, and, um, but it, yeah, it, the groove was thrown, was thrown off there at the beginning. I mean, you just seen just this whole starting unit and Is how the groove thrown off. I think it was at the very What's beginning. What's that movie? For sure. Stella got her groove back. I don't think that this lineup ever had a groove. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying the groove of this lineup. The groove of just the starting playing. unit before Dennis. Like the groove of when Luca with Maxi in there, like how they've been playing, or like Dorian with Luca as the main point guard. I say the groove is thrown off because Bam Dennis was in, and then it was back to the, hey, let's try to figure this out between both of us type. And something that hadn't been, you know, they started Brunson the other day. But 
there was this, yeah, uh, they were trying to get on the same page. And at the beginning, you thought it might get ugly <laughs> because they did not start off on a very good note at all. Yeah, Dennis was just taking everything that he can, <laughs> every shot that he can at the beginning. Uh, and he, I think he started like one for five or one for six or something like that. And at one point I looked up and he had seven or eight shots and Luca had two shots. And you're just like, what is happening? <laughs> I mean, I you... You immediately think when stuff like that is happening, when Dennis is trying to take over, when he's trying to, you know, play, and he had a, he had a fine game uh, outside of shooting. He didn't shoot very well. Neither did Luca. Um, oh, Luca had a rough game. Very rough game. Um, but outside of that, you know, he had, had a decent game. But you think like, is he, is he trying to is he trying to raise his trade value? Is that what we're doing here? Is that what we're doing here? Keeping him in the starting lineup, building all of it up. The broadcast team said nothing negative about him the whole night. He's taking a lot of shots. He played incredible tonight, Nick. Eight eight boards? There's not very many point guards in the league that have his athleticism that can... It's true. That is fast as he is. It's true, though. I know. I know. Those... Yeah. That's... So, show... You know... He stepped right back into this big role that he uh, he he should have in the offense. And Isaac's being facetious, and he won't say anything. <laughs> you don't get a good laugh out of me on the podcast ever very much, but that. <laughs> um. Do you think he was trying to raise his trade value? No, I mean, it, the situation's obviously still there. It isn't going away. It This wasn't a fix-all, oh, Dennis is back. Nothing's going on anymore. Like, the situation's still there. Everybody knows it. So, it, you know, it's – I don't think anything's changed on that front of, hey, Luca's still going to be there. His role's still going to be playing off Luca. Now, the whole staggering thing, and Rick took questions about yeah. and stuff, he really staggered their minutes and – Dennis getting time without Luca. I mean, Luca. Heck, he didn't even check back into the game in the fourth quarter. It's like the what under three minute, three minutes, and uh, so yeah. Let's uh, Dennis. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get into the staggering. Because I thought that was very interesting, and I wanted to get into that. So Carlisle does decide to do this whole staggering thing. He, uh, you know, it's been tried before with many, many, many a good players um, tried to stagger and. They did play a lot at the beginning. Uh, they played for the first seven minutes and 44 uh, seconds of the game uh, and then the last three minutes and 10 seconds of the second quarter. So they played a good a good 10 minutes, 11 minutes in the first half together. And then it was less in the second half because of like the, the fourth quarter, like you said. Um, Luca checked back in with, like what, <laughs> two or three oh, – a minute 20. A minute 20, Luca subbed back in for Dennis. Wow. Oh yeah, in the first quarter, right? Uh, so no. What are you talking about? Oh, that's the, that was the third quarter. Okay, okay. Where's the fourth quarter? Yeah, he definitely made a point for for Dennis to get his time as the primary guy, which is what we've been asking for. Yes, and and Dennis answered a question about that in his post game media session of saying, "Yes, he thinks it it can work that way." He said because. He talked about this. He mentioned this. I'm paraphrasing at this point, but he mentioned this one-two punch that him and Luca could be. He said, but then there's also times where one of them's on the floor and they go solo, and that's the 
that's the stuff that you know Dennis and his camp are saying. Like they want him to be in that solo mode, you know, running their, his own team. So how much how much will the staggering be effective and result in wins? And then next, how much will the staggering persuade uh, the Smith camp that this is a good thing for him? The Smith Junior camp. Excuse me. Smith Jr. Excuse yes, yes, him. Yes, yes. Dorian isn't going anywhere. Despite my <laughs> meme I posted before the game. Love Dorian. Um, also, if they hit some of their shots, then a lot of these problems that we noticed today are kind of a, a moot point, right? Yes. Luca went 5 of 15. He was 0 from 8 from 3. Uh, Dennis went 6 of 17. He was 1 of 6 from 3. Uh, they both hit their free throws, though. Luca hit 7 of 10. Uh, Dennis hit four of four, but yeah, if they hit a couple more shots, it's a completely different game, and we're all hyped, and we're saying, "Oh man, they're back!" And yeah, know, and, like the two and, rolls, and they're working out. And a lot of times, the NBA, I mean, the jump. Rachel Nichols show on ESPN. They say it's a make or miss league. They have this whole segment about it. It's kind of true. You make them. It's a whole whole different podcast. You miss them. We're talking about you know raising his trade value. <laughs> The, and, and it's obvious right now Luca is in a funk. Like he is yeah. in a he's in a I don't want to say slump, but he's in He's in a wardrobe altering funk. Yes. Yes. And it is it's almost and I don't want to burst anybody's bubbles here, but it's almost the, the opposite of the all star thing that we talked about that could happen of hey, oh about about a week or so ago we're like, man, these last you know week or two of like voting and then the coaches voting and like all this stuff, like if he has some massive games or goes on a hot streak, yeah. that could really propel him to the All Star thing. And it's I gotta hate be to right say now it, too. Well, I had to say it that this past week or so probably took him out of that. And in my opinion, in my opinion, um, I don't think he'll be named an All Star this week. Well, Tobias uh, Harris didn't do himself any favors. Last night, <laughs> no, no, not. I'm not saying I don't think he should. I'm saying I, I, I just think that co- I think the coaches and and people will like will look at in media will look at the this past like two or three weeks and be like, oh, he's been in a big slump and stuff right now and whatever. Yeah, um, I agree with you. If you've seen my my video breaking down how I think the rosters are going to shake out for Luca, I said he's probably not going to be a starter. I mean, <laughs> and yeah. even if he does get voted to the bench, it's going to be a wild card spot probably. Uh, and even if he does, he's between, you know, six or seven guys. I think Zach Lowe in his article today had like eight guys that he was trying to pick between that last wild card spot, which is just wild. Yeah, and uh, we're actually going to – Nick and I are going to uh, give our all-star teams. We did it a while back. We're going to do an updated version of it. Yeah, it's actually a um, month later. We did them – I think we did them December 19th. For – yeah, for tomorrow's pod. Uh, so we'll be talking all about all-star stuff, but – you can try to convince me that Lucas shouldn't be an all-star. <laughs> no, I, I, th- I think he has numbers and stuff that you can make a, a pretty dang good case for it. But, um, I mean, he had an uh, off night tonight. He had 17, seven and six, three turnovers, a steal and a block. Yeah. He still impacts the game in all these different areas. And it's just crazy. Normally the people who impact games like that, and when they count, don't score, they're like lockdown defenders. You know, they're like the like well, those th- type of yeah. Dudes. You think of like Lonzo or what Rondo was supposed to be. You know, like guys like that. Yes, uh, but how Luca can impact the game is uh, is crazy. And but this Clippers game was kind of a weird game because they didn't have 
you know, they have all these like vets. They played Jerome Robinson, and like I, I forgot he even existed. Yeah, and they're they're trying some stuff. They're they're missing Danilo Gallinari, and that that hurts them a ton because yeah. that then all of a sudden you're starting Avery Bradley. Like Avery Bradley was technically their three tonight. Ooh, and he's having a rough year. The, I mean, Jonathan he's, Motley he got getting... played 38 minutes. This is this is the <laughs> thing that I always see on Clippers Reddit all the time. All the time is. Yo, Doc Rivers' insistence on starting and playing Avery Bradley over 35 minutes. Why? Okay. I'm not, okay, whatever, with their bench unit, but we hashtag free the Mott. <laughs> I'm all about, like, them trying to play. Jonathan Motley played 15 minutes compared to Gortat 5, and Boban didn't even play. Mike Scott played 9 minutes. Yeah, like, why? Like, and Boban didn't, didn't play. Boban would have been awesome in this game i think why is yeah why is motley a main part of their like rotation right now but uh, i have no patrick, clue. Be- patrick beverly played a pretty good game uh, i love when luca schools beverly it's just awesome That's it great. looked like uh, luca was having some words with beverly and avery bradley tonight good um, yeah it looked like there was a few times i love montrose harrell like i wish he was a maverick um well we got luca versus uh patrick beverly but we did not get the redux the part two, the second in the no in the series of 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 uh, Patrick Beverly versus uh, Don Nobler, the uh, Mavs super fan. Apparently, he was actually banned, according to to Tim McMahon. His sources, he was banned from the arena. However, if you watch Fox Sports Southwest, there's a graphic that they use, and it is a it is a chance for some, it is like a, some kind of contest, a chance for people to win tickets and fly on the plane and go to an away game. Don Nobler's likeness is still being used on the graphic. I just wanted to point that out. Pretty, pretty hilarious. Oh, oh, Don. He's Nobler. the guy with like a chain and a hat and glasses, and yeah, he's on the plane. And then there's two people. There's a couple that I don't. I've recognized. I've seen at a lot of games, but I don't know their names. But yeah, one of them is Don, and that's that's pretty funny to me. Uh, Dirk two for four from three pointer tonight. He had some big shots, both assists from Luca. I could just he, watch him on repeat all day long. He had that post shot. It was just like oh, taking you back in time, man. Unbelievable. Th- Who's like, that he, on Thornwell? He got the ball on the, in the post and like the crowd just starts to just, just feel it. Yeah. And they, people start to stand up and it's like, Oh my gosh, it's, so it's about to happen. And he does it. Like he hasn't even really attempted that shot very much this year. And and not only does he attempt it, he makes it. The place just go nuts. Uh, it's it, it's awesome. And yeah, uh, he hit the two threes from Luca um, and all that. But yeah, I thought he played pretty well off the bench. I mean, he was a he was a, a positive. He was a plus four. He was him and uh, Dorian was the only two people that was a, a positive off the bench. Dorian with the plus eleven. Big time. But, yeah, I mean, Dennis and Luca both finished 17 points. DeAndre, Rick Carlisle went on a um, a pretty decently long comment about... Soliloquy? Uh, DeAndre's rebounding ability and how he's one of the best rebounders he's ever seen. And Rick even talked about guys that he played with back in Boston back in the day. And like, hey, Hey, Rick. We know. <laughs> yeah, I, he's great at rebounding. Now, I'm just going to be straight up uh, honest and, and, and blunt about this. And I don't, 
normally do this about like just individual players. Uh oh. But DeAndre Jordan's help defense and just hedging or just like att- attempting to contest a shot off off a pick, off like that. It's so frustrating to watch as a fan and. <laughs> There's so many times that his defender will set a pick, you know, set a pick, and like you even hear it sometimes on a broadcast on away games when I watch the broadcast, like Harp and them will even say, "You gotta step out on it," <laughs> aka Brooke Lopez, um, <laughs> Splash Mountain, and that wasn't like those some look those weren't even like picks, like that was just he's just and, there, man. <laughs> yeah, and it so like it, it's just it, it's tough sometimes because these opposing guys like. Lou Williams, even Avery Bradley one time. Avery Bradley had the ball with Harrison Barnes guarding him and went in and out. Like, Harrell was just standing there. Went in and out of a pick, and DeAndre still sitting back. And then he just went, goes around him and pulls up for this little jumper, and, and DeAndre's still just, like, standing there. And so, anyway, I I feel, he, I feel fans watching. He comes out and helps on two or three attempts every game, and he blocks a shot. And yeah, and he, he blocks it or he Every or he time. contests he contested enough to where like they miss it and like it alters the shot. And you're like, that's awesome. Like, heck it, yeah. It goes back to my theory at the beginning of the season that he understands advanced stats to where if you don't physically defend a shot, they cannot attribute they cannot attribute a statistic to you. So he has to go out and defend a shot, and if he has no chance to defend the shot and get a block or defend it well, he's not going to. That's my that's my tinfoil hat conspiracy about this whole DeAndre Jordan help defense thing. And he's got to stay down low to get a rebound. They can't dock um, you if you don't, if you don't try, man, you miss all hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Well, he's, he's decided not to take some shots on defense. That's you know, who's who uh, a Mavericks player that is not the biggest fan of analytic stats. Um, that's Dennis Smith jr. <laughs> he he even talked he even mentioned that in his uh, media session tonight yeah we'll play some uh, we'll take a break and then we'll play some audio uh it's not going to be that specific clip but there's there's a clip where dennis uh is asked about you know what specifically can he do and he didn't really give a good answer which is why i'm not gonna play it but he asked what specifically can you do to help this pairing of you and luca play well together he's like i think we do pretty well now uh the stats are gonna say something different but i think <laughs> you're like that's why i don't follow the you know you can't follow the analytic stats and like all yeah <laughs> uh if you guys are a negative net rating and you've played more minutes than <laughs> okay all right let's take a quick break when we come back let's hear from dennis jr himself All right, Isaac. So this is the uh, one of the first things that Dennis was asked um, by ESPN's Tim McMahon, and I thought it was very interesting. It was about his absence and um, what caused his absence over the last couple of weeks. I you said on the radio uh, last week you felt like business stuff influenced your absence. What, what did cause your absence? Like I said, we got a good win tonight. Uh, if anybody want to talk about that, I'm uh, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Which is a very valid question. <laughs> it is. Uh, there was. I should say this. This is. This is one. Of, there were more media there tonight than I've seen in a very long time, and one in part because the Cowboy season's over. We all have True. a running joke about the people who just do basketball and just do the Mavericks. When the Cowboy season ends, um, it's like media doubles. It's like, oh, we welcome all the Cowboys media, all the people that. 
cover the Mavs or cover the Cowboys. Now we welcome the Muffer to carry the, cover the Mavs. Like, you know, we haven't seen them all year because they're with the with Cowboys. And so it was like that on top of the Dennis situation. And then so everybody wants to know what's going on with Dennis and he's back and all this stuff. Plus Luca so just were, brings in more media. Yes, he does. I mean, there's international media there all the time from different stations and countries and it's crazy. But it was a it was a madhouse rush to get in front of Dennis's locker and Dennis is already there. He he showers stuff pretty quick uh, as a player and so like I mean people just crowded all around it. There was not a single spot you could get in. And the first couple of questions uh, kind of danced around it, and it, it's kind of like who who danced around it. Well, like no, no, no not not McMahon, oh, not McMahon. The, oh, the people that asked. I thought you meant Dennis. Yeah, yeah. I was like, he doesn't even dance around this. No, no, couple of uh, couple of first questions kind of danced around the stuff, and I, I was waiting. I'm like, all right, he's got to get some direct question, and then you know, McMahon is the you know he can he he can ask questions like that, and he does, and he's. This is what he's done for years. This is why he's one of the best in media. And McMahon just asked him straight up, like you're in the clip. And uh, that's, uh, I was, as McMahon just started talking, I'm like, oh, here it comes. I'm anxious to see how Dennis is going to respond to this. Because he can obviously, I mean, this is what fans, this is what everybody's wanting to know right now of this whole situation and him being back and, and all this stuff. And will he go into it? Will he directly uh, approach it? Will he continue to play the sick card? Like I was so intrigued with, will he, you know, he could have sat there and said, you know, I've been sick the past week and blah, blah, blah. He could have sat there and said, Hey, yeah, I, I was getting, you know, I think it was best for me to be away. Like I was so intrigued what the routes he would take, but he just said, no, like this is just about the game. Uh, we can talk about the game and just uh, he wasn't about it. Man, he just he didn't want to talk about it at all, which is just it's kind of funny to me. Yeah, and you know the fact that they won helped a lot, right? Right. <laughs> to where it, you know if they lost, it would have been harder to talk about the loss and or the game instead of that. So it definitely helped that they won and people were in good spirits and he was and. Uh, it's just it's so good having happy Dennis back like we Dennis yeah. as a person we talk about how cool he is and he's such a, a good guy and we want the best for him and he's gonna be good like it's it's all it it's good having him back and being around the players love him and and all that so but yeah I mean he has to get the questions this is I mean he's 21 years old it's his, it's his halfway point or whatever a little over halfway through his second year in the league but there's some ownership of the situation too. Like this is part of it. You kind of walked yourself down the situation. And now this is part of it. You got to take questions about it. And he took the questions. He just chose not to really answer them too much. And that that's that. That's his thing. I mean, that's his decision. If he wants to not answer them. Um, he just, he also allows for us to still create the narrative and he's not really controlling it at all, which is something that you learn as an NBA player. Later in your career, LeBron controls his narrative. You know, lots of players, they try to control their own narrative and, um, you know, get in front of things and, you know, say stuff. And some even use misdirection and they'll, they'll lead media down a whole different path by bringing up something else. And this is something that our president does a lot. But Dennis just not answering the question allows guys like you and I that don't really know a ton <laughs> to just speculate and continue to have our own thoughts about, you know, what is going on, what has happened. But. The next thing that Dennis said uh, I thought was just hilarious. 
Um, he's asked, I hope you can hear the question well. Um, he's asked about <laughs> he's asked about when his teammates kind of came around him and uh, how his teammates rallied around him. So let's hear from Dennis. <laughs> a question from Brad Townsend. Dennis, uh, you committed a turnover about midway through the fourth quarter. Clippers scored, Mass called timeout. West goes to the other end of the court, puts his arm around you. All your teammates kind of greet you at midcourt. Did you, do you kind of feel the love? Do you feel like that's an indicator of how you're thought of here in this locker room? Um, definitely, definitely. Like, I get along with all my teammates. Uh, you know, the bad teammate card has never been a thing for me. And uh, I love everybody in the locker room. And I feel like it's a mutual feeling. But they were hugging me because I, I fell on my ass. It won't cut <laughs> I fell, and I didn't know if I was hurt or not. So they was trying to make sure I was straight. That's all that was. <laughs> Man, I thought that was so funny that sometimes we just get into stuff. And we, on this podcast, we talk every single day about the Mavericks, right? Like, we talk so much about it. We take things so seriously because we enjoy basketball so much and we love all the drama and we love all the stuff and we love the players and love the, you know, the trades and the movement and all the stuff. And sometimes, you know what, you just fall down and as a human, you go over and help them. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, meaning behind anything or anything like that. It's just guy fell down, players come around and help him. I love, Yeah. He, I love that he made light of it. It was the play in which he fell down, and uh, he was like kind of grimacing, holding his back because you know he had a sore back and that he sat out a few games. Uh, Did uh, you know that he hurt. sat out a couple games for that? He missed a couple of games because of that back. Yeah, because sore back. So you Did thought you know, that he, it was the same back that he fell on that he missed because of the soreness. You thought that maybe he immediately you're like he reaggravated the back injury, and. You know, because it had been tight. And so that that was your worry at first. And then, you know, when he talked about it, he made light of it. It was it was it was cool that because the guys love him. Like when I mean, we talk about yeah, that, like do. Wes and all of them, like they, they love him. They love that he's back and, and all that. So, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a cool moment uh, for everybody, really. So Luca was obviously frustrated during the game. We mentioned his wardrobe alteration that he did. He ripped his jersey <laughs> pretty much in two. Uh, at halftime that he changed jerseys. Um, which, by the way, where do they get that jersey? They have to just run to the hangar and, like, grab a jersey? and They just, grab, they just went and grabbed one <laughs> off the rack and, uh, and gave one. it to him. It's pretty impressive strength, too, because... Well, I mean, remember at the beginning of the season with the Nike jerseys, everybody was ripping them and people were getting all up in arms about, oh, these Nike jerseys are so flimsy. and Yeah, they're flimsy, but just that you just don't see very many players that... I mean, I guess they could more often, but... I bet every single NBA player could rip their jersey. That's bull crap. Nerlens can't rip that. Oh! <laughs> wow! <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. I like Nerlens. So the the Luca frustration. I even tweeted out a video uh, with just eyes emoji. You can go to at Nick Van Exit and you can find it. Ooh, I'm not commenting on this one. Not commenting on this, but I Luca was very visibly. F- Visibly frustrated on the bench, just sitting back, arms folded, not clapping, just upset. There's two There's two sides of this. He could have been frustrated because Dennis was taking a ton of shots and he didn't get the ball a lot. Uh, Saad Yusuf from The Athletic uh, tweeted this during the game, said, NBA scout to me midway through the third quarter. Mavs are playing helter-skelter. You can tell this isn't working. Luka is frustrated. He's not touching the ball as much. That's why he ripped his effing jersey. Um. 
So you could take it that way, where he's just not getting the ball as much. Or he was also just not hitting shots, and he hasn't been hitting his shots over the last couple of games. He shot, what did he shoot tonight? Not well. Um, He shot 33% tonight uh, against Milwaukee. He shot um, 35% against Indiana. He shot 21%. I mean, the last couple of games, he just had some really rough shooting nights. And I think it could be some of that as well. Yeah, it's just a. I mean, it's a frustrating funk for him right now. I mean, he went zero for eight from three tonight. We also uh, mentioned that their offense doesn't work with those guys. The, the starting lineup, it just isn't good. And with Dennis and, and Luke in the game so far, the offense hasn't been good at all. Dennis can yeah. say that he doesn't believe in the advanced stats, but they they measure what production has been done on the court. There's nothing really advanced or crazy about them. They're not predicting anything. It, it's literally just measuring. What has been seen on the court? So, uh, and honestly, not surprised. They're two young players. They're used to playing their own way, used to controlling their own teams. Well, I guess Luca not necessarily used to controlling his own team, uh, but over the last couple of years he has. But he's he's been on teams where he's been the second, third, fourth, fifth bench end of the bench option when he was you know 15 years old. But um, used to being the, the the guy on their team over the last couple of years. And now coming into this situation and learning how to play together is hard and learning how, you know, a system and adding guys like DeAndre and Barnes and, and Wes that all try to do kind of their own thing here and there. That, that's got to be difficult, too. So I'm not surprised that they don't play well together, but they just haven't. It's just a fact. Yeah. And so, like gener- it was it was weird seeing like Brunson going from starting to like nothing. <laughs> it was yeah, like well, we've we- seen Maxi do that, too. It's just the way this rotation is. There's so many guys in it. Yeah. Dwight Powell, two minutes tonight. Yeah, he he got the he was the uh, rotation casualty for with Dirk's minutes tonight. I thought. Yeah, I mean Maxi got it and got fourteen. So uh, it's just weird seeing how these rotations um, kind of shake out at points. But the main the main thing you want to monitor going forward, and with the game on Friday too, is the staggering minutes. How yeah. Dennis does playing with Luca, and then how Dennis does you know as the as the main guy. And we also have to mention after the game. Um, Tim McMahon again had a comment um, or had comments from Luca. Luca admitted that he's relieved that the saga of Dennis Smith Jr.'s absence has ended. Quote from Luca I don't like it at all. It shouldn't happen. I mean, it's bad for the team, bad for the player, bad for everybody. So I'm glad it's over. <laughs> hey, uh, sorry, buddy. I don't think it's over. Um, No, but man, that, I mean, that's just straight truth coming from Luca right there. But yeah, that a, is that is truth though. It is bad for the team. And for him to admit it's bad for the team. Just, you know, losing a player, you know, not having Dennis. We we've mentioned over the last couple of, of games, man, this team really needs some playmakers and they got one back, which is great. Dennis is a reason why they won. Uh bad for the team because it's a distraction too. It has to be. There's no way that's not distracting. There's twelve, fifteen guys on a roster, right? <laughs> it's not like Hey, but it happens to every team though. According to Mark Cuban. Um, it's happened to every Mavs team. Aww. Ooh. Can All I talk right. about Cuban? Yeah, yeah. So Cuban had also some... Well, do we want to say anything more about Lucas' comment? Um, uh, I mean, I just thought it was pretty straightforward. And it's just Luca and speaking his truth and how he felt about it. You, and I just hope that him saying it shouldn't happen... Is if that's implying that Dennis and his camp shouldn't have done this, or hopefully he's not implying that the Mavs shouldn't have caused this. 
You know, because you don't I think this... just in general, you're just like, hey, that shouldn't have happened. Like, and just don't answer any specific on it. Yeah, it's like when two of your friends fight and you're like, uh, I don't care whose fault it is. Either way, it should have happened. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. So, all right. So, Mark Cuban finally spoke before the the, uh, the, the game. He's been kind of MIA a little bit. Last year, he didn't speak at all before the media. The year before, and for many years before, uh, if you guys are new to this podcast or new to you know the Mavericks, Mark Cuban would get on his Stairmaster, and he would walk yeah. up the stairs in the Mavs training room, and the media, we would just get around him, and we would just ask questions about literally anything. Like People could just people would be asking about the NFL all the time. They'd be asking about random stock stuff. They'd be asking just this <laughs> random stuff all over the place. General NBA talk. Obviously, Mavs talk would be brought up. Uh, Shark Tank stuff we, we would talk about, but I really enjoyed that, and, I, and it was one of the few things that uh, I... I, not few things, but it was up up there with the top things that I enjoyed because that's a that's a billionaire sitting there that's you know yeah. talking about all this stuff and the owner of a team and uh, and he's and he was great. I mean, one he made himself available to media. Yes. He didn't have to do that. And three, he'd answer anything. And he's always super nice. Like he is, like yeah. I don't want to compare him to another Mavericks person. That's not always nice. But when he talks to media, but it's Salah, isn't it? <laughs> no, Salah's great. I love Salah. <laughs> also, um, Mark Cuban would sweat on you, which is kind of weird. Yes, he would. <laughs> yes, he would. They say so it anyway. takes blood, sweat, and tears to get to the top, and uh, I guess I guess we got one of the three of those things from from Mark Cuban. So, <laughs> um, then they they're doing something with like blood samples and all that stuff too. Um, so you're saying there's a chance? <laughs> <laughs> no. So when I got to the arena tonight, I walked in and. Uh, on one end of the court was DeAndre Jordan doing free throws and doing his pregame routine. This was probably a good hour or so before the doors even opened to the general public. And on the other end of the court was none other than Mark Cuban lighting up the three pointers. <laughs> and uh, he's still doing his his pregame routine. Uh, so he anyway, he said an on... Instagram story of himself hitting a three too. By the way, oh, huh. So you can what go are... check that out. Uh, so anyway, he sat on the scores table, um, bunch of uh, crowd around him, and and talked to him, and just listen to what he had to say about the and, you know about the dentist thing, and you know uh, Tim McMahon, he's tweeted out a bunch of the quotes, and Brad Townsend posted some videos of Cuban and stuff too, and uh, but you know Tim was straightforward with him, asking him about it, and you know Cuban took the stance of just really in a general sense of just downplaying the whole situation. Of the dentist situation. Yes, the dentist situation was obviously a main part of the conversation with Cuban before the game, and you know him just. I'm paraphrasing, trying to summarize a bunch of it, but just him downplaying a lot of saying, "Hey, you know, hopefully it's past this now," and saying, and and I joked about it, saying, "Hey, this happens to every team in the league. Stuff like this, you know. However, you you know." Throughout this history, happened, this has happened to the Bulls recently. It's happened to the Timberwolves recently. Um, those are the same player. <laughs> it happened to the Spurs with Kawhi. It happened to. Uh, I'm running out of names. Markel Fultz, head. I guess some. Markel Fultz, yeah, a little bit. That was more of a injury kind of weird thing. Yeah, and you know he, he made some different points on some different little subjects or or tidbits that I thought were uh, important and stuff to keep in mind. He he said, "Hey, everyone right now is adjusting to Luca." He's like, "Everybody is." The vets on yeah. down the roster. 
He said because of how good Luca is right now. And then he he cited specifically Wes and Barnes and saying, "Hey, look how Wes is playing now." He said compared to how he played the past you know two years. He said Wes is playing completely different now. He said Harrison has had to change his game and adjust his game and role based off what we've been asking of him to better complement Luca. He said. This is what's happening with everybody right now. And he said everybody has to adjust to Luca's game right now. He's talking about everybody. So he didn't say any specific person that uh maybe is you know is having difficult with that, but he's just talking about in general, everybody's adjusting to Luca. And he did make a point to say, hey, it's not unusual. Kind of saying kind of along the lines of like, hey, this happens with everybody or happens with every team. It's not un it's not unusual in an NBA team to be loved to, by anyone. <laughs> to to be a player that you you want your role to be something and the team wants it to be something different. It's fair. That's a very fair. And point. and he talked about that and the fact that he's bringing it up like a lot of that stuff even just further solidifies that this was a a, a bigger issue with like Dennis's role and like what him and his camp and stuff wants with that. And he talked a, a, a bit about the Rick Carlisle situation, you know, or, or uh, relationships with players. And of course he thinks that's overblown some and, and he, and you tell me how, how, how you feel about this. He said with the point guard thing and how he said, a lot of people like to bring up the Rick Carlisle and relationship with point guard stuff. He yeah. goes, if that was the case, why would <laughs> this is Cuban talking? Why would JJ Barea come back and sign with us? Why would Devin Harris come back to the Mavs and, and sign with us if Rick can't get along with like point guards and stuff? It's not saying he, I think most people aren't saying he doesn't get along with all point guards. <laughs> well, like, no, yeah, I shouldn't say get, not get along, but like just have be able to like coach them it, that. It's been brought up a lot. People people say, "Oh, well, look at the the Jason Kidd situation, and then Rondo, and then some people bring up Roddy B, and some people bring up Monte Ellis, and they start bringing up all these names and point guards that Rick hasn't been able to, you know, coach or you know that they leave or whatever." And um, some of those names were just not good players. Jason Kidd obviously is a great player. Rondo was, we don't know. I mean, Rondo left, and Rondo didn't end up being that good until he got to the playoffs with the Pelicans. What was that? A year later, two years later, felt like he was going to be out of the league soon <laughs> at yeah. a certain point. But um, yeah, I don't know. He demands a lot of players. I think he demands a lot of point guards specifically. And uh, I don't know. I, I guess it's fair. It's, it's a, it's a fair point from Cuban to say that he hasn't not gotten along with all point guards. <laughs> you know, it's a double negative, yeah. but he, uh, you know, there's there's guys that have found the the respect of Rick Carlisle, and it's it's a it's obtainable. I, I guess that I think that's his main point is that his respect and being able to play for Rick Carlisle is obtainable. Look at guys like JJ Bray, Devin Harris, the consummate veterans that have been here and have played well under under Rick. Yeah, and he and he did so he did um, set in stone or uh, agree that Luca is a point guard and. I think Brad Townsend Rick, asked him Rick directly. said that. Cuban, but Cuban, Cuban said that said before the game too. And as far as Brad asking him, Brad Townsend asking him, hey, Cuban, or Carlisle said this the other night, what we talked about on the pod of like, 
referring to Luca made a point that he is a point guard and he said, would you like confirm that? He said, he said yeah, Luca, Luca is a point guard. And so as an organization, as a team right now, Luca is a point guard and that's how they view it and how we'll treat it, you know, going forward as he is a point guard kind of really similar to how Philly views Ben Simmons. Except he's not a coward. Because he'll shoot a three. Because he'll shoot a three. (laughs) Yes, because Luka can shoot a three and Ben Simmons can't. All right, guys, that was a super packed podcast. Obviously, we went way over, but you guys like it when we we go really over, so we're not going to apologize. We'll be back tomorrow, like Isaac said, with the all-star picks. Uh, We'll pick both teams, east and west. We'll try to fit Luka on there as best as we possibly can and try to rationalize it. gonna be difficult but yeah, or we'll, we'll some breaking to- news drops and then we have to like cover that and it's crazy that is true the trade deadline's still coming uh but guys we appreciate you listening to locked on maps peace out boom